0: Hi, I'm Dan from Desert Island Dicks. This is a special show compiled from the choicest nuggets from previous episodes of Desert Island Dicks. It's what we call Top of the cox. Because it's the Brit Awards this week, we thought it'd be nice to bundle together a bunch of guests' funny musical choices. We just thought it'd be fun. We're not getting any money from the Brits or anything. It's just a way of theming some content for you and giving you a little extra. We've got Skin from Skunk and Nancy in there, who not only is a rock star, obviously, but was nominated for a Brit Awards and played the awards due in 1997. we got restaurant critic and musician Jay Rayner. There's Sophie Hagen on her Westlife obsession. Sarah Barron with an incredible... Celebrity Anecdote. We've got Ben Bailey Smith also known as Doc Brown in there and Ash Frith at the end with a takedown of an artist that after you hear it you'll never hear the song in the same way again. It's beautiful. So there you go. Thank you for downloading it and for listening. I hope you enjoy it and you know do rate and subscribe to this podcast and that way you'll never miss any other episodes that we're putting out because we're going to be back with a great guest for Desert Island X in a couple of days as well. Thanks for listening and enjoy this music themed Top of the Cox. Hi, I'm Dan Benedictus, and welcome to Desert Island Dicks, the show that sees you marooned on a desert island after a plane crash with the worst people and worst things imaginable. Who they are and why they're a dick is up to our guest, and here to share their Desert Island Dicks with us today is singer, songwriter, front woman of Skunk and Nancy, radio host, and DJ Skin. How are you doing?
1: <laughs> I'm very good. How are you?
0: I'm good. It's nice to have a bona fide rock star on, on the podcast. Finally!
1: Ah! Oh. Oh, well, thank you very much. I appreciate the title.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and what's your song choice? It's always interesting hearing like a, a musician's uh, least favourite music.
1: Oh, gosh, song choice. Um, do you know, I, the songs that I like most genres of music, but there's things there's genres obviously that I like more. I'm not so much into rap. So first I went for looking for rap songs, like what songs do I really hate? And then I was like, mm, I don't hate it enough. And then, do you know, the song that keep coming back to me was one of the best artists in the world, which tends to happen, you know, the greatest artists also get to a point in their career where they just make the worst music. And I think my number one song, I would say, is Michael Jackson's Heal the World.
0: Okay, yeah, fair choice, yeah. Because
1: yeah. it's just the most insipid, insincere, cliched, obvious pile of turgid mess my ears have ever heard mm. and when you consider my I, my whole child was was watching Michael Jackson like a lot of kids like kids in Brixton um and he was the only poster I had on my wall my whole entire life I never had any poster I just had one post of Michael Jackson at 10 with a big afro um and then he gets his point of queer where he makes that mm. and I think it's also just my pain about that song is also attached to the fact that he's just such a genius And he's just so amazing. And he just got to the point where he was just doing what he thought the public would buy. Because that song just says sell, sell, sell all over it. There is nothing genuine about that song. That song, all the melodies, all the drum installations, the chord changes, the lyrics, how the chorus comes in, how the middle eight is. As a songwriter, you listen to it. And it's just so obvious, you know what they're doing and you know they're trying to evoke tears out of people and be this like, you know, this messiah. Yeah, let's, let's just heal the world. Okay, you know, we've got plaster big enough, let's just put it on there then, shall yeah, we? Yeah. I mean, what does it mean? What does it mean to say heal the world? It's just such an awful cliche that should not have got past the sixties.
0: Yeah. You often sort of get this with like like every sort of few years there'll be one I suppose like the most recent one would be like that black eyed peas, Where is the love? And it's a similar kind of thing. Like every now and again you get this song which goes, Hey guys, what if like we didn't kill each other and stuff? And you go, Oh yeah, that's a good oh, idea. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's a good idea.
1: Why nothing <laughs> of that? <laughs> yeah.
0: It's like I know what it's if like, we, like didn't care about race like, yeah Black Eyed Peas that is a good idea like, you know. other people have pointed it out but still good idea you
1: know. Do you know what I mean? I like that. Other Margaret Jackson, it not matter if you're black or white. It's like, actually, it does matter if you're black or white. I have a colour. Don't pretend I don't have one. I love my colour and that's attached to my race and my heritage. Don't, I don't want to be colourless. Mm. You know, I, I'd rather be a thing than I don't want to see a colour. It's like, no, I want you to see my colour. That's what's the one of the things that's great about me. It's like, you know, yeah. don't not see my colour. Don't just see people as mm. colourless and all the same. We're not You've got to love people for their differences. Yeah. That's not one of his, his that annoy me for that reason. Yeah. Um, and I think it's just these people who just become so detached from what they're actually trying to say from the message because they're just living in this fucking rich bubble where they lick gold for breakfast or something. <laughs> um, and they just become so unaware of... You know, it's when you... when Especially someone who's written a lot of political songs, you have to be aware of, like, well, what are you actually saying, you know? What what do you want people to do? If you want to write an anti-racist song or if you want to write a song act about, you know, the climate, you know, hear the world doesn't say it because that doesn't do anything or make people get up and do anything, yeah. you know? Yeah. You know, it's like, you know, you know, Free Nelson Mandela, that's an obvious thing to say and it became an anthem for change, you know, so... Um, that song, it's just the insincerity and authenticity of it, the lack of authenticity of that song, um, really winds me up from such from someone who can do so much, who used to be able to do so much better, you know, yeah. but God rest his soul, crossing yeah. myself as I speak. <laughs> um and so I just think he just got to this point where it's just all about selling records and that's the message he thought would sell records. Yeah.
0: And I suppose as well, by the time he'd got to that point, there's fewer and fewer people to actually sort of tell him that it's not a great idea. Like, yeah. oh, I'm just going to go along with it. But I think as well, like having something that kind of sickly sweet on an island to deal with, that sort of saccharine kind of thing and like, I mean, Tony Robbins. That's got to be an anthem for him as well. It's like, well, you know, oh. Skin. Why don't you want to heal the world? Maybe that's just about you. <laughs> exactly. You know, because well, it's, it's like, all about you. You know what he's can doing is offering a template as like imagine? healing. You know, and you're you're turning your back on that. So what's what's wrong with you? What's going on inside, Skin?
1: What's going on inside? You? And you'd have Lee Francis when like, yeah, I did a great impression of you, didn't I?
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, I Remember forgot that? About that, yeah, gosh, yeah.
1: Oh, can you imagine heal the world, make it a better place? For you and for me and the entire human race. I mean, I know it off by heart. just—it's it, so obviously poppy, mm. but it, what a shit lyric that is, yeah. really. Yeah. Oh. God. it
0: feels like that um i mean it's not putting a
1: bucket and shit on it
0: <laughs> it's not that far away from that old coke advert is it that's sort of like i'd like to teach <laughs> the world to sing it's like basically the same kind of deal isn't it is that yeah sort of, uh, well yeah.
1: You, you know a coke advert at least it's blatantly trying to sell you something yeah you know um you know it's like i buy this coca-cola you know for, yeah i don't know michael jackson trying to do his like cool kind of you know Um, message about anyway that's if I if I again if it was me imagine me Lee Francis doing his impression of Michael Jackson doing that song yeah yeah. I mean that's that's poison dart into the heart
0: you know what I'm I'm, I'm loving just thinking of the interplaying between all the characters and elements you're putting on this island it's it's, it's very good (laughs) and here to share their desert island dicks with us today is journalist writer broadcaster and musician Jay Rayner Hello.
2: Hello, Dan. How are you? I'm very well. How are you doing today? Well, I'm slightly disturbed by the idea of being marooned on a bloody island. I don't, I don't want to go. I don't <laughs> want to go there at all. I mean, not, it's not even the possibility of the company or the things. It's just, it sounds like a fucking nightmare. It really does. Yeah,
0: and it's a nightmare of entirely your own making as well. So yeah. You no, only absolutely. have yourself I, to blame.
2: <laughs> exactly. You asked. I said yes. God knows what you know, possessed me, but here we are. And what would your song choice be? So, some people may know I have a sideline playing jazz. Mm-hmm. I have a quartet, the Gerona Quartet, and we do draw on the Great American Songbook. And I, I, I love it dearly. I love that repertoire. I know it very intimately. There is one song in there which I hate with an absolute passion, and it is My Way. Okay. yeah, I hate My Way, not just because it's a dirge, mm. um, but also because of what it has become. Uh I love Frank Sinatra. If you look over this shoulder, you'll see a picture of a young man. And that is a mugshot of Frank Sinatra uh, in his early 20s, a police mugshot uh, in Hoboken. Um, The offence for which he has been brought up is seduction. In other words, he fucked somebody else's wife. (laughs) uh, Sinatra at the Sands, uh, which was not long before the offence of My Way, is one of the greatest live Uh, recordings of all time as far as i'm concerned but my way has become this and again i think it goes to a certain view of masculinity Mm. for pathetic men to make excuses for themselves you know uh what they're really saying is i've fucked up at life i've been a terrible husband i've been a terrible father i've been a terrible person but at least i did it my way well well why don't you do it somebody else's way <laughs> it, 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 the song is 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 poorly written and annoying um, and uh, just really gets on my tits and and then it's the way that it has become adopted and it's the people who cling to that version of Sinatra that also drives me nuts. Mm. You know, they go, oh, I love Frank Sinatra, I love My Way. And you go, no, you don't understand. That was the point at which he became shit. Everything else before, that was all brilliant. <laughs> you're not even paying attention. The Capitol recording, songs for stringing lovers, all of that stuff. The Jimmy Dorsey. You're, you're not, you don't actually love Sinatra. You love this terrible, terrible, terrible song, mm. which speaks to a certain kind of man. You can just imagine... Gordon Ramsay when he gets to 67 standing up at a party taking the mic and singing my way to a terrible backing track and being really pleased with himself and I can say no worse.
0: <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, I think it's because isn't it famously one of the most picked songs at funerals as well I think in, in the UK oh. and I just kind of think I hope one day that song gets buried with the whoever chose it yeah. as well so it's gone forever because it's just and it's, it's so long it takes so long to get to the kind of swelling it. And even then, it's just—it's not worth
2: the wait. I don't. Think... It's not worth the wait. It's not worth the time. I—I um, um, I don't have much time for the, the the great rock and roll swindle, the Sex Pistols movie. Mm. Apart from that bit where they do my way and take the piss out of it remorselessly, <laughs> <laughs> I love that bit.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I'd, I'd, I'd be okay with that version, I think. But yeah, it's just. I don't know. It feels like it's just it's a song for people with no imagination because it's like you, yes, you know, yeah, it's one
2: exactly, of those... and and no capacity to engage with their own emotions. Mm. There, it, it's secondhand emotions. Yeah. Now, obviously, a lot of songs are, and the reason we like them is they they give voice to an emotion that perhaps we have not necessarily managed to codify for ourselves. But the the emotion of my way. Uh, I've been a jerk, but at least I did it my way. Oh, mm. God help me. Uh, it, it's such a cheap one, yeah. such a lazy one. Um, that it just makes me, as you can hear, angry yeah. and cross.
0: Yeah, I just feel it's a very sort of generic go-to. It's like, what's your favourite poem? Kipling's If. What's your favourite painting? Mona Lisa. What's your favourite song? My Way. And there you go. Yeah. Done. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah.
2: It, it, it's... it's um, an attempt to the hinterland for someone who doesn't have one.
3: <laughs> I'm here to share their Desert Island Dicks with us today is comedian and podcaster Sophie Hagen.
4: Hello, Hi. thanks for having me. No,
3: thanks for coming in. I, I really appreciate it. How did you find choosing your uh, people for your island?
4: Well, I think I when I had to choose just all of it, I just had this like, oh, I can't possibly. And then I was like, oh, who would it even be? I don't... And I was like, oh well, I guess there is. And then there's also. And then at the end, I had like 500 things and people I hate. I was Did like, oh, you? this was really easy actually. It's harder <laughs> really? to choose between.
3: <laughs> okay, let's dive in. Who's going to be your first choice?
4: Ooh, I think my first one would have to be Brian McFadden from Westlife. Now, it's a. This is a, It's hard for me to say. Okay. Like it hurts me deep in my soul <laughs> having to choose him. But I think that's. I think you know I I could have chosen someone like Hitler.
1: Yeah. But.
4: You know, Brian wounded me personally, oh, you know, because wow. <laughs> I bad? was such a big fan. He's from Westlife, for those of you who don't, as if, <laughs> as if anyone doesn't know, uh, he left Westlife. That was his first major offense, yep. uh, which was devastating. March 10, 2004. We'll never forget. right? Really? And I was such a big Westlife fan. I was such a big, like the biggest Westlife fan. I was obsessed with Westlife. And then he left, and I remember just like, what yeah. was I, thirteen or twelve, lying like on my bathroom floor, just like crying. Oh
3: no! Just like,
4: oh, trying to explain to my mom why I couldn't go to school today, <laughs> and it was just, oh, I couldn't. You and then, and his whole thing was to go, um, oh, it's because I want to spend time with my family, and that you know I don't have time anymore. And then like two months, and then he released a single. Oh. oh. You dick! <laughs> <laughs> it hurt me so much. Did
3: you, did you listen to the solo singles?
4: I did. You know what? Mm. It's like pop. So it's just a but 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 da But when you read the lyrics, mm. his um, uh, what's it called? It's called Irish Sun. Hmm. And when you, it's about how he was beaten up and touched by like Irish priests. What? Those are the lyrics. Really? Yeah, it's like oh, I don't, I can't remember the lyrics. But it was something something like under their hands, we had bruises on our skin after the. And people were just like la 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 you're la, la la dancing to la. it? No one was like, what is he doing? He's, he's unbelievable. Sick. Which I think is kind of great, but again, just it kind of went unnoticed. And then when you listen to it now, you're like, well, uh, imagine being him going like, now I'm going to release a single. About the horrific abuse I suffered by the priests, and then everyone's just like, "Yeah, woohoo! <laughs> <laughs> When's your next single coming Jean?." Like
3: <laughs> nice.
4: A lot of them was really, a lot of the songs were really, really bad. Oh um, no. But you know, catchy. But it was just more the the fact that he left this band, and he was my favorite. Was and he then your favorite? Oh, he no. was, and then I had to choose a new favorite. But my next favorite one was Mark. But <laughs> my best friend, that was her favorite. And, oh You know, no. I'm not going to go for Kian, Nigga Shane, right? Like, no. <laughs> <laughs> You're not mad. I'm not. I'm not mad, right? <laughs> yeah. I'm not, I have eyes in my head now. But so it was all a bit, you know, it created this um, ditch, you know, my friendship because now we both. Mike was both of our favorites, and, you know, we can't both marry him. <laughs> yeah. Turns out he's gay. None, none of us could marry him. Not as if that was the only thing that yeah, the separated only tactic, us from him. Yeah. But then I did a show in 2015 about Westlife, which mm. is, um, it's on Netflix. Mm. If you really search for it, uh, <laughs> you have to yeah. really dig, right, dig okay, deep the yeah. BBC, live at the BBC. Mm. Um, and also they've edited it poorly. Uh, okay. But anyways, <laughs> the gist of it's there. So I talked about being a Westlife fan, and... Uh, between I did that show in Edinburgh and till I did it at the Soho Theatre in December, so that's like four months, uh, I was like, I need to, Westlife to come and see this show. So I really want Westlife to come and see this show. They have to come and see this show because it's about them and like my, you know, it wasn't like, I wasn't tearing them apart. I was like, oh, being kind about them and what they meant to me as a teenager. Uh, so I was trying to get a hold of them and like, obviously... If you're like a comedian that's doing a show about you, they're like, "No, this is not going to be good." Yeah. And then my, um, I was, I just had, a I got a boyfriend, and we'd been together for six days. Mm-hmm. And then I was, he was meeting my friends for the first time. Then I got a message from my manager, which was a picture of him with Brian, and he wrote like, and then an address, and he said, "Come to this party now." I had to say to my boyfriend and go, "Right, okay, <laughs> <laughs> I can't explain this, but we need to go very quickly." And there was a like, guy in a cab, drove from like east to west London as quickly as we could. Uh, paid like it was like one some weird mm, D celebrity yeah. charity benefit. Yeah. I don't. I had to pay sixty pounds to get in, and I was just like, take all my money. Yeah. Went in, and then Brian was sitting there, and my manager was there. Like, right, okay, this is what we do, and I was like, I pl- parked my boyfriend at the bar. Like, don't ask any questions. I'll explain later. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, okay, what do we do? And we're like, right, we have to be, <clears throat> we have to be a level of like we can't be like hi i'm more famous and successful than you but i also can't be like i am the worst you won't get anything out of meeting me it had to be somewhere in the middle so Mm. he still saw a benefit in seeing my show but also didn't feel like i thought he wasn't more than that it was very a very hard dynamic so we walked up to him and um the first thing he does is he goes sophie hagen sophie hagen (laughs) sophie hagen and i was just like uh what uh so i went uh, brian from westlife brian from westlife <laughs> <laughs> brian from westlife i could see my manager's eyes were like what the fuck and i was like what I, how does he know my name and he was like oh yeah all your fans have been tweeting at me oh, about your show okay and i was like oh god i didn't know they'd done that Ugh. so i was like oh and i said oh um my fans are very lovely and then he leaned in and he was just like oh yeah well, my fans are fucking crazy. <laughs> oh, wow. and I was like, I'm standing in front of oh you, Brian, God. I'm right here. <laughs> and he was like, you know, he, I don't think that he hadn't, in my opinion, mm. allegedly, mm. <laughs> I don't think that he hadn't not touched drugs. Okay, he seemed very energetic for, right. like a very lady. He may or
3: may not have touched drugs. Yeah, he may yeah. or may
4: not. You know, there was a bit of, of all of that going on okay. and stuff. You know, and he went to the bathroom quite often and stuff like that. He could have had a poor tummy. I don't know, but um, yeah, it he, he was just a bit of a. And, and he said, "Yeah, okay, I'll come and see your show." He never did, which no, is his second yeah. big offence. Oh, then he uh, tweeted recently something about how um, uh, it was. A, it was the most. I wish I could remember it word for word, but it was something like uh mm. Nigel Farage is uh, a ter- ter- terrible a pe- terrible ter politician something like that so you start reading it you're like oh this mm. is brilliant and then it goes we need someone like Trump we're like oh oh okay <laughs> wow okay <laughs> and then a Brian. few a few years before that he had tweeted um there was this girl this a random girl who had tweeted something about him being on some kind of show like a show where he had to jump and something like he's Falling oh, right. as quickly yes. as his okay. career, or something like oh, that. She no. tweeted her friend about this, and then he replied, like calling her, I think a cunt, and oh, then also wrote something like, "I'm going to strangle you with your like computer mouse cable, or something like that." Which, like, really? Who has, who
3: has a? C- it's c- wireless, Brian. <laughs> exactly.
4: <laughs> and then like it was deleted very quickly, and like.
3: <laughs> no.
4: I'm obsessed with him because he seems yeah. like such a dickhead. <laughs> But to me, he was just this like, oh, do you know? Yeah, it's like I a whole it's so journey. Sad.
3: I know. Do you do you wish that you hadn't met him? Maybe.
4: No, mm. no, I'm quite because they say never meet your idols, it. never
3: meet your heroes, and that kind of stuff.
4: Yeah, I think with him, it was never. I think with Westlife, mm. now it's enough just looking at their Twitter. Okay. Like I think one of the things that really worked for them was that they only you could only read about them in newspapers where they had done interviews right. where now when they just tweet whatever they think you're like uh oh uh, really is yeah. that is that it <laughs> yeah, oh, okay. why did i why was oh, i so fascinated yeah i by know you? i know
3: oh dear <laughs> so i think that
4: was enough um of that there are certain uh people that i look very much up to that i wish i'd never uh like tried to get in touch with because in my head, I was like, "Oh, uh, can I can I ask if you want to do my podcast?" And then yes. I was like, "No, no, like, oh my oh god, my god.
3: <laughs> I thought we were going to be friends." <laughs> <laughs> you've already built up this huge relationship yeah. in, your, in your head. Yeah, it's like me and you, Sophie. We're going to be best friends after this. Best aren't friends, <laughs> I know, yes. right? Okay, uh, thanks. It's official. I've got it recorded. <laughs> Brian McFadden. Wow, I can't say that I've ever had any dealings with him. Anything else about Brian McFadden before we put him on your island?
4: I think there's, I think there's enough said. But I mean, I, I, I think he, I think. Oh yeah, and then I did this. I, oh, yeah, I tweeted something about um, how I once recorded a song with my friend. Oh, God. Can I swear? is this like are yeah, okay, fine, yeah. Um, I mean, I've already said of like <laughs> ten times, <laughs> yeah. but me, when we were my friend Sarah, when we were like 13 and we were huge West Ham fans, we recorded a song on my computer, oh, no. which is a cover. Let's call it a cover parody of um, Hole Again by Atomic Kitten, but it was horny again. <laughs> so we would be like... Looking back there, you can make us horny again <laughs> and we really tried to sing this none of us could sing and then we send it to west service like this is about you Ho- a very horrific thing to do nah. um, so i tweeted that i was like oh my god i just remember that this is out there somewhere fuck like this is going to ruin my career this is ever this is horrible and then i must have tagged westlife or i must mm. just have written and there must have been a reason for this mark then commented and said oh, was that you? Do you still have it? Oh,
5: no. And I was like,
4: whoa, whoa. And then I wrote something back. Uh, Something happened where Mark said something like, the four of us or something. And then Brian commented... And said something along the lines of, oh, yeah, you always forgot about me. Or, like, I was also in the... something like that. And then Mark went, oh, sorry, mate, uh, I'm really tired right now. And something like that. And then Brian was like, oh, yeah, well, okay, thank you. For th-. they, had, oh, like, my... God, and I, love- I was still tagged into all of these, like, Brian and Mark <laughs> having this discussion. And I was like, oh, my God, what have I done? It's like seeing my parents fight. And then <laughs> yeah. all of these teenage girls who follow them... and Well, not even teenage girls anymore. <laughs> I imagine they're, like, 40-year-olds... Yeah. <laughs> Commenting, saying, being like, I love you, Mike. I love you, Brian, come Uh, to Singapore, come to Singapore. Yeah,
3: okay. It was
4: so mad. It was so, yeah, they're still huge in Singapore.
3: (laughs) And here to share their Desert Island dicks with us today is writer and comedian Sarah Barron. Hello. Hi, Sarah. How are you? I'm absolutely fine, thanks. How are you?
6: Good. I thought that was a really good intro of yourself.
3: I really appreciate that. You're thanks. Welcome. Should we dive in? Let's dive in. Who's going to be your first person? <laughs>
6: so you've asked me for 3 and I was trying to divvy that up between like cele- you know celebrities basically versus like just personal things sure. and I so one is going to be a game time decision if that's all right. But right. the one that I'll start with is the most psychotic celebrity I've ever encountered. Wow, okay. And I waited... Most of my celeb encounters have been because I was a waiter in New York City. Okay. On and off for 10 years. And half of that was, was spent at, like, sort of a, a cool, hip restaurant. So the worst person I ever met was Sean Lennon. Wow. He was so horrible that it felt like... um like, it almost felt like you were on a candid camera waiting to see... Because you're like, no one would behave this way. And I... I mean, this was years ago. But what happened was... I didn't know who he was. Right. Because he looked so bad in person. Okay. For real. Like, I'd seen photos of him and I'd be like, oh, that's like a hot dude. And then in person, it was like like three-dimensional moles. Which is neither here nor there, but sort of sort of interesting detail. So I was sort of back and forth to this table without having any clue who this guy was. And I had said to a friend of mine, like, oh, my God... The guy on table 19 is a fucking nightmare. And basically it started with me going over and saying like, you know, hi, do you guys have any questions on the menu? And he was like, I don't have any questions on the menu, but can I ask you to change the music? (laughs) And I was like, Oh, unfortunately, you know, and I worked there for a while. So it's like, you know, unfortunately, we can't as much as we would like to cater to everyone's individual tastes. We can't. And this is, you know, this is sort of what what our management has chosen is what will be what will be playing for the duration of your meal? Can I whatever I would have said? <laughs> yeah, and he's yeah. like, Here's the thing. This is a direct quote. He said to me, he was like, here's the thing. I know music. <laughs> and this is bad music. And oh then get like God. a manager over to explain to him like that we weren't going to take his iPhone and use his iPhone. Like it started there so and then went down that he said that. Yeah, it was really really crazy. Because I always thought there would be like most celebrities were a bit weird the mm. way that you would like, how do you stay normal through that experience? Sure. But but most of them also have some semblance of wanting to perform.
3: Right, okay. Normalcy
6: okay. or decency. And then whether or not you can kind of catch them out being like, you're a dick, but you're trying to perform otherwise. And this was just like this real naked
3: It's just like out and lunacy. out. Just, yeah.
6: yeah. So he's person number one.
3: Does he feel like everyone knows who he is?
6: I think he, I think... He must have done
3: because I, I I know who he is, but I'm pretty sure that if I was stood next to him on the tube, I don't know if I don't
6: think you'd know him.
3: I don't know. I
6: wonder if that's different. I was in New York, and I wonder like he's like a New York guy, ah, actually. Yes, of is course, the thing with yes, him. yes. Um,
3: I can picture him, but I'm just like, like, where does he get off just going around just being like, I can just throw him away. I mean, because like don't
6: you feel like if, if you were him, you just a word you'd never say is music.
3: Yeah, for sure. Like, that would yeah. just be like a
6: thing you didn't yeah. talk about. I know. And music. then he was talking about um, he wanted some kind of dessert wine or something, mm. like a grappa. And I was saying, oh, well, we don't, because we're this kind of restaurant, we don't serve grappas, but I can bring like a sommelier over who could recommend. And he was just like, that. I remember him being like, it's crazy that you don't serve that. Oh. He being like, oh, okay. Just, Come on. just the absolute.
3: Do you think he's doing that everywhere he goes? Do
6: you know what I remember reading in the newspaper? Like there was like this gossip columnist yeah. at the time. And I remember seeing in the newspaper like a couple years later that he had like – he was trying to find a girlfriend in the newspaper or something and you're like, oh, th-, like this was a guy on the edge of a nervous breakdown. Right, okay. Sort of getting there. But yeah, I think that like like um, – don't, don't take that out on – Yeah, but people in- – I also think that they really – Like, there just is stuff. If there's a celebrity that comes into your restaurant, like, there's a way that gets catered to. And there's, there's like, Mm. insurance policies in place so that if a certain kind of person walks in and you're on a two-hour wait, Mm. that person is not going to have to wait. Sure. And you just think if you kind of move through life that way...
3: He's getting that treatment all the time. like,
6: of course he's going to... Yeah. You'd have to be very, very decent of heart Mm. to be able to, like, make it through that without being horrendous.
3: Sure. John Lennon. and
0: here to share their desert island dicks with us today is actor musician comedian podcaster and more he's an all-round polymath it's ben bailey smith also known as doc brown
5: how are you doing yeah i'm not too bad i'm feeling good it's, i've got that friday feeling you know i feel very positive so it's i've got a Got to turn my brain around to get really nice and negative for this, uh, <laughs> this particular concept that you've you've come up with.
0: Well, maybe it will just sort of make sure there is no negativity left in you. Yeah, you know, it's like think of it as a purge, mm. a cleanse. Yeah, you know, yeah, and um, hopefully it won't get you too rolled up. I mean. You know, you you're involved in so many different things. Does that mean that you're, you know, a relatively calm person and methodical or or you know, do you kind of get quite passionate about stuff and riled up easily?
5: No, I think I'm I'm very very calm, which means if I do get riled up it's so it's, it's a problem because it's, it's it's very rare. Mm. So I'll explode. My I have one daughter who's very similar like she never gets upset, but that occasion that she does you got to batten down the hatches because it's going to get nasty <laughs> you know whereas the other one is just like she's always flying off the handle every day so this is totally different <laughs> don't take her that seriously yeah I'm, I'm, I just I don't I just don't see any point in getting worked up about stuff I'm just more of an observer mm. and I think about it that way you do get things done much more efficiently if you just watch you just watch and observe and take a breath and then make your decision yeah. uh, if you're a reactive person I think you might be more well remembered, I suppose. You might be more like highly regarded. Um, but you're gonna make a lot of mistakes, man. <laughs> there's plenty of songs I hate, but there's only one that genuinely angers me. The only time I'd hear it is in the back of the cab because, you know, someone's got greatest hits radio on or something. Or this is this is heart or something like that. Breakfast at Tiffany's.
0: Mm, yeah. That
5: song there's loads of songs that are irritating you just turn them off there's loads of other songs that are just like, ah, oh, why'd you like that song? It's rubbish. Breakfast at T- Tiffany's I find offensive in mm. its shitness. It's got like less chords than an Oasis song. <laughs> it's... it's The chorus itself is two notes. The melody's two notes. And I said, what about Breakfast at <laughs> Tiffany's and then then, 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 Remember the film and as I recall I thing we both kind of liked it. I mean, like, is this chorus still going on? And I said, well, there's
0: one thing we've got. Are you taking the piss? Yeah, it's one step away from being a siren at that point.
5: Yeah. Jesus Christ. And That's like, oh, such a one hit wonder. Oh, really? What a surprise <laughs> that they didn't have any other songs. Like can you imagine what the rest of their catalog is like? Oh man, yeah. The songs that were not even close to being good enough to charting. It sounds really like it should have been the theme tune to something. You know like, you know like yeah, um, Like maybe it was in the running for friends. Yeah, exactly. Didn't quite make exactly. it. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. It
0: feels like a, a th- something that was a theme tune then they released it, but it's it's not like that was that was someone's band that's what they released and that was, you know, that was their song
5: they were happy with, you know. <laughs> <laughs> You're happy with it? You can picture the engineer going. What are you? Are you finit? Is that yeah? That's... Oh okay, okay. No, no, cool, cool. I'll, I'll invoice you. I didn't, I didn't. I just thought we'd be here for a bit longer. No, no, it's fine. It's fine. No, honestly, it's fine. I'll, I'll call my missus. We'll go up for for a meal. Great. It's lovely to meet you guys. All the best. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Wow! It is the most basic piece of songwriting I think I've ever heard, and yet so irritating because mm. basic songwriting on the surface there's nothing wrong with it a simplistic idea i remember reading interviews with like evan dando john lennon kurt cobain who all said like they were as inspired by like nursery rhymes as by anything else because the simplicity of a melody is Mm. the thing that really like grabs somebody and it's true you know you think about a lot of their songs if you hear some of like kurt cobain's harmonies if you take out like the rawness of the lyrics and the rawness of his Actually, the sound of his vocals it's really like playful playground music mm. same with Evan Dando same with a lot of Lennon's early stuff you know so there's nothing wrong with it and like I say there's nothing wrong with having only a couple of chords Oasis proved that you know having incredibly catchy basic songs there's nothing mm. wrong with it but if you're gonna like take that and run with it to the extent that I can't even remember what the band's called Breakfast at Tiffany's the extent oh, they did where they're just like, it's almost like a middle finger to the history of music. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm just going to nasally sing this. And the the, I think it's also the attempt at being quirky that annoys me. Yeah. Did you find yeah. the name of the band? What are they called? Deep Blue something. Wow, they didn't, couldn't even bother to finish their band name. <laughs> wow yeah deep deep blue deep blue deep blue something guys got think of something come on deep blue deep blue oh fuck it let's just go and get lunch yeah deep blue something <laughs> and that just says it all couldn't even be bothered to finish writing their own name it's yeah, the it's, yeah it's the attempt at um oh, quirk, you know, oh, mm. this is a bit different. Oh, yeah. this is a bit strange, isn't it? A bit off-centre, It's a bit left-field.
0: Yeah, you can imagine he's got, like, a waistcoat and a little tr- straw trilby yeah. tr- at an angle. And you, you think,
5: know. at the same time, Jarvis Cocker is, like, effortlessly writing uh, 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 what seem like simple stories ab- about life that are actually quirky and left-field, and when they hit you, you're like, oh, my God, this doesn't only speak to me. This feels like he's talking about the state of the nation, you know, <laughs> where we're at in modern history. If it, it, it felt profound within its, within its simplicity. You know, that's happening at the same time mm. that, yeah. that, that, that you're writing that. I'd, I would have been embarrassed to release it, but they did. I
0: feel like it was around for a long time as well. Like I think it's Mate, stuck it's still about get go a, go and get go and get a cab now. <laughs> you have to turn on like heart. It will be played. No, of course. But I mean like I don't know if it got to number one or whatever, but it Must felt like done. it was fairly big for a while. But yeah, I agree with you. I think and it's exactly the sort of thing that will just it'll just stick with you because it's just that sort of annoying thing that catches, you know, like you'll be walking around the island, you catch yourself humming it and then go, Oh god, you know you gotta tell yourself off, like, stop doing that. You
5: know. Yeah, I don't get it with the chorus because I that I hate that chorus more than any chorus ever written in the history of, of music. But I sometimes get caught out by the verse.
4: Mm.
5: You know, you'd be walking along just like you're saying. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. <laughs> what is that? Is that the Beatles? Oh, my God, it's not. It's the antithesis of the Beatles. It's the worst song ever. Fuck, <laughs> did anybody hear me? Yeah, yeah scary it's, times. It's a strong
3: choice. Okay. And here to share their desert island dicks with us today is comedian Ash Friff.
7: Hello. Hi, hi Ash. How are you? I'm brilliant. I'm really good. I almost meant a high comedian then. High comedian. Because <laughs> you said, are you, is it just a comedian now? And I was like, yeah, all right. Yeah. Yeah, just comedian. That is all I am. Here he is, comedian. <laughs> just uh, comedian. They'll, they'll know me from that. If you just say, if you just put on it, comedian, they'll go, oh, that'll be Ash Oh, Friff. that'll be Ash Frith. Yeah yeah, yeah.
3: yeah, yeah. He's a comedian. He's the only one. Yeah. Um, what's going to be your song choice for Ireland?
7: Right, this... I mean I've worked hard at this. Okay. I um I texted you earlier today. I was I was very interested in this, yeah. I uh it's the song is The Look by Roxette. It's the laziest song I've ever heard. I I, I get amazed by, it. you know you hear songs and there's just nothing to it. So I don't mind the nonsense song. But this song, they've just filled, they've got, the, they've got the rhythm, they've got the music, they've got everything. And then they thought, right, so the song is, um, she's got the look, she's got the look, she's got the look, she's got the look. And then... I thought you were going to sing it then. I, I mean, I'll sing it if you want me to sing it, because I've just told you almost all of the words. <laughs> yeah. They felt Right, so what I did today was, I broke the song down. There's nothing to it. There's nothing. It's so lazy. They, they went, that's a brilliant tune. We've got 10 minutes to write it. She's got the look. She's got the look. She's got the look. She's got the look. And then they, they say she's got the look 28 times. And that's a four minute song. 28 times? Four minute song. <laughs> There's a 20 second introduction, like an in, instrumental uh, introduction to that song. You know, uh, it, it goes for 20 minutes without a word being said. 20 seconds, sorry. yeah, yeah. yeah. In the middle of the song, there is a 40 second instrumental break. Right, so right. that is a minute of a four-minute song that is just music. There is a stop in that song where they break for about five, se- like maybe three seconds of silence. They say she's got the look twenty eight times. They say la, and it goes, and she says la 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 la. She's got the look. They do that twenty times. She said they say twenty la, times. Twenty times. The worst bit, you'll know this song when if you don't know the song, you'll know it from this bit where they go na 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 She's got the look. Right. What are you doing? Like that is like they just went, right, we've got to think of some words for this bit afterwards, but right now, just napping your way through it. They say na in that song 148 times. No. And I know that because today I listened to it in slow motion and I tapped on a counting app. Every time they said nah, 148 times. Your commitment to this has been so good. That isn't the end of it, though, James, because what I then did was I thought, what would this song be if you took out every other word that wasn't either she's got the look, nah, or la? I took it out, I edited the song, and I have uploaded it today onto SoundCloud. Nice. There is no difference in the song. What? It's the same song. No. Honestly, you will listen to it. It's it's still three minutes. Oh, I think it's two minutes forty seconds long. It's quite long. If you imagine that a minute of that is just instrumental. Uh, yeah. And it's the same song. I've taken every other word out, and you you wouldn't tell the difference. No way. Yeah. Honestly, I'll send you. I'll send you the link to it. You can listen to it, and you tell me. Can I include some of it here? I'll please include all of it here.
3: Okay. Let's put a little bit of it in here.
1: She's got
7: And that's what it sounds like. It's the same song. Unbelievable. You've taken out every other word. That's crazy. You write music, don't you? You play music. I do, yeah. So imagine if I imagine sometimes if you write a bit of music and you play and you're like, this is a nice little tune I've got here. And you haven't worked out the words yet, you just go na 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 na. Work out later. Yeah. Yeah. They they've sold Millions. Oh
3: my god. It's the
7: laziest thing I've ever heard. You've just
3: given me an idea. Just to write. Just don't write the lyrics.
7: You don't have to. Wow. Everyone knows that song.
3: That's unbelievable. They're
7: making a fortune out of this. It's insane. Yeah, it is. You're right.
3: That'd be painful as well. You've got this for the rest of your life, yeah. right? And you're listening to that, and you're thinking to yourself,
7: "I would have written words for it. That's what I should have <laughs> done today. Really, I should, you should have, written have done new, the words
3: for in the bit. Oh, I should have done a new that.
7: verse. Yeah, should have done.
3: That's so good, Ash. Thank you.
1: So
0: there you go. That was Desert Island Dick's Top of the Cox Music Edition. So I hope you enjoyed that. I really enjoyed listening back to some of those old ones that I haven't heard in a little while. And uh, if you enjoyed that as well, well, hey, look, don't wait for us to serve up another Top of the Cox. Why don't you just delve right into our back catalogue yourself? We've got over 200 episodes in Spotify and wherever else you get your podcasts so just have a little rummage and pull out a dick I reckon they're all pretty good but there's some really really special ones in there as well so worth taking the time to have a look if you've just come to this podcast and you've recently discovered us Desert Island Dicks is a sync clap production that means it was dreamt up and produced by James Deacon it was produced and presented by me Dan Benedictus and uh, actually it was presented by James Deacon as well in the past when he used to do it you can hear him in a couple of those uh, nuggets in the, in in this episode um as ever we couldn't do the show without the the help of james's dad john deacon because he's the one who knows our uh, back catalogue better than anyone and helped us put together a lot of the clips for this show so thank you as always john like i said before we're going to be back later in the week with a really special guest that i can't wait to share with you and um so until then i'm going to shut up but thanks for listening that's it bye